G'day guys, welcome to this very interesting episode that we're going to be putting up here for the podcast that is Caleb's Conversation Podcast. Welcome everyone, those who are new to the channel, those who are returning subscribers. I know it's been a while since we've done uh, an official Caleb's Conversation Podcast episode, but this one's going to be a special one because we are going to be focusing specifically on the Oscars. The 94th Academy Awards just took place. Uh, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch it live. I was working, but I've brought on someone uh, who I know uh, has a very keen interest in the Oscars and in cinema and all that. And I know he knows his stuff. So I've brought on Michael Ashton uh, back onto the channel to discuss it with me. How are you, Michael? I'm doing all right, Caleb. Uh, Thank you for inviting me here. I was going to say, so I wasn't able to watch it live, um, but I have since uh, gone through and watched the entire ceremony, fast forwarding through a little, uh, through, through a few parts because, you know, there is a lot of rambling and stuff. Uh, I did have the luxury of uh, having the ability to fast forward, so I was happy about that. Um, but yes, obviously, I think there might be one major headline that comes away from this ceremony. I haven't looked at social media at all, so I have no idea how people are reacting to the thing overall. But it's me and it's Michael here to discuss our thoughts. So we're just going to give them to you raw. Um, Michael, I'll throw over to you first. What were your thoughts on the Oscars ceremony as a whole? Um, what kind of language can we use on this podcast right you now? You can say whatever you want. No filter, bro. In that, in that case, um, I thought it was an absolute shit show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, especially compared to previous years because this was the first year that I felt the Academy was trying to push for something that was more appeasing to this generation of, and especially with the what many considered to be the snub for Spider-Man No Way Home because they thought that, you know, because of how much it gross, was the first movie to gross over a billion dollars at the box office as the pandemic started, they would mm-hmm. have thought that may have been a sure, you know, that would have been a sure thing uh, for Best Picture. But then when that didn't get nominated, it seemed like that they were trying to, to redirect the ceremony to appeal to that kind of audience, especially throughout the ceremony. They were doing a lot of promotion of like uh, that Japanese, that Korean band, I think it was, that showed up and they were going, oh, we, you know, when we grew up, we love Disney, we love Pixar. So mm. I think there was a lot of movement in order to appeal to the audience um, of today that uh, the general movie goes. But from what I saw, I thought it actually for a while was paced at a really good like speed. Uh, I think that especially with the design of the uh, of the Dolby Theatre, uh, the way that they were sitting down, it was a bit more casual, laid back. They weren't in seats. They were they were actually you know at tables. I can imagine that they were actually a lot more comfortable, and also because of social distancing. But it was the presenters. I think the type of presenters that they were bringing on that really started to scratch my head. Like they were doing a tribute to James Bond, the 60th year of James Bond since Dr. I no came out. I the tribute, yeah. Especially everything I loved- surrounding Billie Eilish and her performance as well. I really mm. enjoyed all the James Bond stuff. Yes, but the thing is, is that who did they introduce for the Bond tribute? One of them was Tony Hawk. Hmm. Uh, you, you had Judy Dench there who was nominated. You had Javier Bardem who was then nominated. Yeah. A Rami Malek, he was introducing No Time to Die, but Billie Eilish. So why are you in, why are you using these guys to introduce I guess maybe this? to bring in like the sort of people who are interested in sport maybe and to kind of drag in some people from that. Because obviously James Bond is a huge, super famous character. But, you know, I, I, it was slightly strange, I agree. Yeah, so there was that... There was a couple of nice performances. I missed out on the Beyonce performance. Um, and that yeah, was Billie the Irish beginning one, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that and, was in and Compton. She, and, yeah, just oh, okay, out, then. on the streets of Compton. Yeah, they had this like massive sort of um, soundstage set up, and everyone was dressed in green. It was quite interesting. Um, but you know, a stock standard Beyonce performance. What do you expect? Yeah, and I was actually really shocked to learn that this was her first Oscar-nominated song. So and because really? uh, I was look yeah because I was looking I was listening to all the best songs last night so and there was the three that were the front runners it was Billie Eilish for No Time to Die, uh, there was Lin Manuel Miranda uh, Lin Manuel Miranda for uh, I forgot the name of the song but it was for yeah. Encanto and then you had uh, Beyonce's uh, song for King Richard so it's like that's if that's the 
you know, three three way front runners. This is going to be a great night for musical icons. So I was very happy um, to see how that all turned out. Uh, if we're already talking about winners so far, but uh, mainly talking about the ceremony itself, there was times where I thought, uh, why is this dropping in and out? It seemed it, and especially from the perspective of trying to keep the schedule, because apparently they actually made an effort to that. Well, if we're going to go on to it, they shut, they cut all, all eight categories and then they presented it to them before the ceremony to try started. And, make and the then run they, time a bit more compact. Yeah, exactly. But then this, despite this, despite this effort, it ran over time and even went longer than last year's. Hmm. So this is obviously not a problem with the amount of categories that you have. It is about producing. It is about what you put on stage and what you're trying to appeal to with the audience. They're going to look at this and go, okay, obviously it's not the categories. We are. Why are we dedicating time to Amy Schumer dressing up as Spider-Man and being lowered from the rafters? I they uh, this is something that I thought was a really big head scratcher well, and what I think yeah yeah well let's transition into that what was your sort of opinions on the way they had the three hosts kind of spearheading this whole ceremony because I think having uh, I think it, you should either go one of two ways you either have no host at all or you have one person who kind of keeps it going keeps the momentum flowing all the way through and to have three people there it just feels like overkill. And I, I don't know. It was just one of those things. A few of the jokes landed. A few just kind of were huge misses. But it is one of those things. What did you think of the inclusion of three female hosts? Well, for one thing, I actually really liked whenever Wanda Sykes was actually on screen. I think that this uh, the bit when she was going through the um, Academy Museum was probably the best advertisement for the academy museum that it's ever put out and i mm. think that wonders like should just advertise everything <laughs> um but it, to me i actually kind of like a duo host because then there's a chemistry between the two that you're actually able to feed off of and it's more like a joint thing as opposed to just one lone person out there i mean i love billy crystal i love what uh, jo uh, john stewart did i even like seth mcfarlane because i think he gives a bit of irreverence to the whole ceremony that allows Hollywood to be a bit more self-aware I actually really liked him but then uh, there, there were jokes that once again like you said that I did chuckle at but then there were some that in as some people would say in pure Amy Schumer fashion felt kind of recycled uh, there was a joke um, about uh, uh, hiring three women uh, because it's the same as paying for one yeah, male I feel like that yeah. one just I didn't like it all yeah, but 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 it also is like didn't Ricky Gervais make that joke like years ago with the Golden Globes? Yeah. And well, it's uh, one of those things that just it it it's a joke that is like so clearly pandering to a portion of the audience that believes that. But if you're if you have any sort of oh, I believe it. You know, it's like I, such a silly thing to say. Yeah, it was a joke I didn't enjoy. But the mm. one joke I did, and I'll give her credit, the one joke I did laugh at was the one about don't look up and how the Academy doesn't uh, pay attention to critic scores. I thought that was quite funny because those who have watched my don't look up review know that I did not like that movie at all. Uh, yeah. Even though it is the way it's made, it's a very specific type of movie and the satire is dialed up to 11. So I understand the type of movie that it is, but I didn't like it. And I know many people didn't. Yeah. So I, I did laugh at that joke. That was the one that I'll give her credit for. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I I liked Don't Look Up. I I I like it more than a lot of other people do. But I actually did. I actually did like that. Even Adam McKay was laughing at it. It's in the you know cut to him, so he was able to actually make light, you know, of that moment because he understood the divisiveness that that movie had. The one joke I didn't particularly like, and maybe it's because this movie was in my top fifteen or whatever, and it was nominated for zero things, was uh, the Last Duel um mm. when um yeah. with the dvd because no academy award you know i, mean, I don't know who what whether it was punching down or it was supposed to be saying hey why didn't you guys nominate for this so and i'll say this as a kind of a segue they were really kind of messing around with ridley scott's filmography um this evening with the uh uh casual mention drop of another film mm. If in case yeah. you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, well, why don't you just explain it for everyone who's at home and listening? Okay, so those of you uh, who've been living in a cave, um, 
so there was a uh, Chris Rock came out to present best documentary, and so he was going through all the actors, you know, that he's, you know, I imagine he was probably tight with. He he even, he even made a Shakespeare joke where he actually dropped the uh, he actually said the word Macbeth. So maybe this was a preface for all of this because you don't say Macbeth while in theater, and so he made a joke about Javier Bardem and how because his wife was nominated along with him so if he if she loses he can't win because yeah so that was fine and he says i'm praying for will smith to win this and then he immediately went to will smith and then told i won't repeat the joke but it it came across as making light of jada pinkett smith's appearance like of at her expense Mm. because because then context later came to light and all that and then once that was, what was uh, told, the context? Uh, the context was, I forgot what the name of the disease is, but it's um, a disease where um, she, um, where she has balding. Where, yeah, where the hair uh, falls out, right? Yeah. yeah. And I so, well. yeah. And so um, he, um, so he was making light of that. And so uh, Will Smith came up, um, it kind of very felt like a bizarre bit for a while. Very yeah, very bizarre, bizarre moment. Because I, I was I was watching it sort of like you know half tuned in half tuned out, and so he came up to Chris Rock after he made the joke. I can't, I, I still don't know whether he actually punched him or slapped him. I can't so tell. I don't think I, it was an I angle. actually very quickly rewinded and rewatched the moment. So he goes to slap him and he connects him like in the neck sort of region. So mm. he doesn't get him across the face and he doesn't get him across the arm. He kind of like that's why when you're listening to it, oh, it yeah. sounds kind of like more of a thud rather than a slap mm. because he yeah. kind of misses and hits him in this sort of region. Um, yeah. I thought it was so strange. Like, because when he walked up, I was like, Oh, okay. This is like a rehearsed bit. Oh, I'll like this is going to be some sort of funny interaction. And then he like swung and I thought he missed him at first, mm. but then he like, once I like, it was kind of like a, Oh shit moment. Once he sat back down and then like started dropping F bombs that's where I knew it was serious because the fact that the F-bombs made it through to air, you know what I mean? Yes. So I was like very, I was so confused because see, this is the thing, right? And and it kind of gives you context with Will Smith's acceptance speech when he did win um, the best actor for playing Richard King in -hmm. King Richard um, that happened later in the ceremony. So what he talked about was how protecting his family is so important to him. And that was what drove him to be so engrossed in that character in that movie. But in saying that, Chris Rock is up there. And and anyone who knows who Chris Rock is, is that he's been a comedian in the business delivering killer jokes for such a long time. And whether you like Chris Rock or you don't, he's a comedian and he has a specific job to do. And he's up there trying to, you know, make people laugh. And with what you're, depending on what your opinion is on certain, like, jokes directed at people i can understand why you would say oh it's in bad taste or whatever the bottom line is he delivered a joke it's just a joke and then for will smith to actually physically go up there and then cause a level i would say low level a level of physical harm onto a comedian i think is inappropriate yeah uh, the assault i do not condone there's a difference between understanding something and understanding an action and condoning an action Mm. for me i understood why will smith did what he did because you are singling out that's his wife that's his wife who she has been through a lot she's been very open about uh her health and for will smith and also he prefaced the joke by saying i love you uh, you know, I love you before he actually made yeah. the joke to try and to try and sort of soften, soften the, blow. the blow. Yeah. It's as yeah. it's as it's a it's as if he knew that this was going to tick her off. So mm-hmm. I think it, there's some you know bits there. And when Will Smith came up and and you know slapped her and similar with you because overseas I believe the bit was actually censored when he was shouting at Chris Rock, but oh, over really? here in Australia, uh, yeah, over here in Australia, it was, uh, it was uncensored. So we heard the F-bombs and yeah, that, so and that was the, the moment. Version. Ex- exactly. <laughs> ex- exactly. It was, it was Australia and Japan. It, 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 um, it hits hard, man. Like when he, like, yeah. was, like I was so like befuddled when he walked up on stage and then when he sat back down, like it, like it was a sort of like a, um, 
You know when you go on a like roller coaster, start, yeah, and mm. it's like that sort of stomach churning moment of like, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, hard hitting. Into- yeah, no, it was. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it was that second. It was that second one where he just slowed down what he was saying, and it yeah. was just, yeah, that that was the moment where like, okay, this is not a bit. This is genuine. And uh, Chris Chris Rock took it like a champ. You know, he was able oh, to make did. you know make it all the way like, all the way he through. Yeah, kind of spun it in a way that was somewhat comedic, and um, it's a testament to him and his improbability. But um, yeah, mm. that was a very intense moment of the show. And, and like I said, I feel like it might unfortunately take away from a lot of the positivity um, and the you know great mm. headlines that we should be seeing. Um, obviously, Best Picture winner. We will get to that very soon, everyone. Um, yes. Now, before we move on to the main um, topic at hand being the Best Picture winner, um, were there any other awards that you wanted to kind of specifically mention um, that you were happy about? Um I'll give you a quick moment to think about that answer. Um, I was very, um, very glad that Billie Eilish won for best original song for No Time to Die. I love that song. I think it fits that movie really well. Um, And as the send-off for Daniel Craig, I was hoping that he kind of got a really solid, um, not only movie, but a solid, you know, opening credits song to kind of send him away. Um, So I was very happy and... um, very yeah i was very excited to see that billy eilish not only got up and performed the song very well um but also won the uh the oscar for it yeah no it was a good good choice once again i was listening off the musical icons that could have ended up winning the oscar with whether it was lynn manuel or beyonce so or billy eilish who's an icon in her own right and so i was you know very happy that uh no time did i walked away with something um and looking at the other technical categories it seemed like for a while dune was going to be sweeping the uh, entire i thought that entire, as well entire ceremony yeah i thought it was going to be a very similar thing to um when uh was it uh two years ago was- parasite that's what it was um I was parasite actually, just I was clean, like- clean slated everyone I was actually thinking more towards uh, Mad Max a couple of years ago when that was taking out yeah. all the awards. Yeah, just, you know, going after, you know, costume design. I know Dune didn't win it, but, uh, yeah, I was, you know, for best sound, best... Vi- uh, no, it didn't win for visual effects. Mad Max didn't. Uh, production design, it did. Mm, yes. Uh, yeah, and best... Well, this well, there, were a few, there were a few changes with it, but I was very happy to see... Hans Zimmer win his second award for June. I was very happy about that. I'm a big Hans Zimmer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I June think he's for, probably uh, the one of the best working film composers in the industry today. That isn't John Williams. So yeah, I well yeah. see. It's funny because I think John Williams has more iconic music that is so recognizable, but also Hans Zimmer is just so consistent with making great music, even though they're not iconic tunes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I remember uh, there, there have been people who have attended the John Williams uh, in concert and people have compared it to like a, an orchestra, you know, and all that you're going, you know, to to like an, an, a night of opera or, you know, an orchestra. But I remember going to see Hans Zimmer and it was like a rock concert. So I think those are very two different yeah types of uh, composers and especially for somebody who's a diehard Zimmer fan like me, he's very, uh, I think he's deserves to be up there um, in the conversation for the goat once, you know, um, because arguably John um, Williams is, you know, heading towards the end of his career. So yeah, no, Hans Zimmer, I'm I'm very, yeah, I'm I'm very glad that Hans Zimmer uh, won it for June. Mm. So the next award that I want to uh, give a shout out to is best supporting actor. Uh, Troy Kotzer from CODA won that award. And I think he was so deserving of winning that award. And I think it's a performance that is so, it's both understated, but also so like overtly um, profound, if you know what I mean. Because when you're dealing, when you're dealing in a situation where there's no sort of dialogue being spoken, it's, I feel even more difficult to convey emotion, if you know what I mean. And to be able to give a performance that is so emotional and so uh, impactful for the people watching that movie, 
I think he did a fantastic job of signing all of his, of his emotions, but also um, uh, working with the actors around him. The also obviously the fellow uh, deaf actors in the film, but obviously um, uh, the main actress that plays um, Ruby as well, um, whose name yeah. I've just forgotten, but Amelia Jones, I believe her name is. Yes. I think that's it as well. Um, I think everyone in that film did such a great job of bouncing off each other. And even though I still feel like there are a few like awkward moments uh, in the film, just due to the nature of there being no sort of dialogue or no sound and, and that sort of nature, it's unavoidable. But I, I think overall they did such a great job of bringing that story to life. And uh, Troy Kotzer definitely deserves um, best supporting actor, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Out of the selection that we had for Best Supporting Actor, I agree. Joy Kotzer was the standout once I actually got around to seeing the movie. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Actually showing, especially considering the betrayal of people who are deaf throughout the years, to actually show that they are very much, you know, just like us. You know, they have ambitions, they have passions, um, they're sexually active, that kind of character that he was actually able to portray the... Uh, father of the family, the uh, the patriarchal figure, um, but also uh, when in doubt, when in need, uh, to be a source of comfort and also understanding his, uh, his daughter and her passions and where they lie. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, I thought he was the absolute standout and my personal pick for uh, best supporting actor j- uh, this year, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as big on the movie like everybody else's. I will get to that, but um, looking at um, a lot of um, thinking about some of the other. Uh, there, I mean, I remember when Cody McPhee was the front runner. I thought, yeah, maybe. Um, oh, I really I, enjoyed. I was say his performance was also um, very good as well. In um, the it Power was good. It was, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't the standout for me. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kieran Hines, I really liked him in Belfast. I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, Jesse Plemons, I think, had one great scene in uh, the Power of the Dog, and that was the clip that was shown for him. So uh, I wouldn't have been, you know, too fussed if he won that. And then J.K. Simmons, he he got nominated because he's J.K. Simmons. We love J.K. Simmons. It doesn't, you know, he could be reading the phone book and <laughs> we would nominate him. So uh, I I thought. To, to be honest, I thought this was the weakest lineup um, this year, best supporting actor. But I'm glad that they uh, got it right with Troy Kotsu, who I thought did a fantastic job. No, I agree. Um, any other awards that you, that stood out to you that you want to mention? So I think uh, to top it all off, um, best supporting actress. I think everybody knew it was going to be. Ariana DeBose, uh, she's been the front runner the entire season. Yeah, uh, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog could have gone in. I personally really liked Anjanou Ellis. I thought she she did a great job, if not better. She would have been Will my Smith. pick, but she mm. yeah, she was very good. Yeah, uh, Jesse Buckley, which I was very happy to see get in there for the Lost Daughter. I'm a big fan of Jesse Buckley, so I was very happy to see that she uh, got there. And Judy Dench, once again, it's Judy Dench. You know, she's got friends in the academy. You know, they love <laughs> her. So, yeah, but uh, Ariana DeBose, you know, to see her the second time, that's uh, the original actress. Um, oh, what was her name? Uh, I've, uh, this is terrible. Um, you know, for, for one, for Anita, for West Side Story. So it's the second time that character, you know, that performance has been awarded. So, Which is pretty cool, uh, actually. Yeah, no, it's re- it's really nice to know that they're, it's similar to like, you know, Walking Phoenix winning for Joker. Be- there are people who are going to take this character and make it their own and do it their own way. So I, you know, I think that's just, you know, there's proof in the pudding there. Um, you want to do actor and actress? Uh, well, I'll actually quickly jump into our best cinematography, actually. And, and I'm actually intrigued sure. to hear your opinion on this because Dune won and Whilst I think it is a worthy winner, I had uh, Nightmare Alley as my uh, front runner. So, yeah. So for me, uh, my personal pick would have been Nightmare Alley. I thought Nightmare Alley, the lighting in that movie was absolutely astounding. Chef's kiss. So y- yes, oh yes, the way that it just—it was a noir with color. It was just beautiful. But I understand why June. One, um, there's a lot of shots in that movie that is absolutely uh, gorgeous. Oh, it's uh, a phenomenal-looking way- film. Denis Villeneuve yeah. is an incredible filmmaker, and it can't be exactly. understated the uh, technical achievement 
that was on display for that film. Oh God, yes. And I, but I think that's, it kind of also makes me scratch my head as to why Denis Villeneuve wasn't nominated for Best Director because it was so beloved in the technical categories. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, the Academy nah. very rarely makes sense, do they? <laughs> yeah, sometimes their tastes don't really line up. So yeah, and I, th- I think, th- I mean, this was a stacked category. I thought this was a really great category because you also had Tragedy of Macbeth, which I thought the lighting and cinematography with that was fantastic. Uh, Power of the Dogs, a lot of landscape shots but also a lot of interiors that really looked nice and then you had west side story which you know requires a lot of energy but also um allows you know a lot of you know great you know shadows and you know it's very much within the realm of uh steven spielberg style so mm-hmm. uh for june for sure. to win it's a no-brain you know it, it i'm not surprised but also was kind of hoping maybe nightmare would pull through but i'm not too upset no i would echo those exact same words you've summed up what i think perfectly so all right um actor and actress yeah so the one that well i actually will start with actress and then we'll go into actor i'm very happy i'm very happy that we can finally say academy award winner jessica chastain i'm Mm. very happy um i the film i thought was it was good it was it was all right because the uh, the the eyes of Tammy Faye, which also won uh, best makeup and hairstyling, but uh, to see Jessica Chastain finally uh, win for the eyes of Tammy Faye after all these years, especially after some considered her her to be snubbed for Zero Dark Thirty, she's she was really good. Beloved, in that, actually, no, she was great, and to see her finally win this award and to especially see in interviews about how passionate she was, like, especially during the Oscar clip that was shown uh, when she had the interview with the uh, man who was diagnosed with AIDS and to see like the fact that she wanted to do this movie just to perform that scene alone, I think is, you know, just goes to show you how empathetic and really just, uh, just understanding Jessica Chastain is about these types of characters and what she wants to convey. So I was very happy when she won that award. Uh, this was looking at the other winners, looking at all the nominees. It was a killer's row of talent. It was if it just as it should Jessica, always be at the Oscars. Yes, yes, and uh, I mean looking at it, like obviously you had Jessica Chastain who ultimately uh, won, but then you had Penelope Cruz. Uh, Kristen Stewart, which everyone, majority of people, she proved everybody wrong by being in this movie and got nominated. She's, I think she's amazing in it. Uh, Olivia Coleman, uh, years ago winning for The Favourite in The Lost Daughter. Everyone loves Olivia Coleman, And then you have Nicole Kidman, regardless what you think of her. She is beloved by the industry. So this was a killer's row mm. of talent to be nominated and i'm i'm kind of glad that they won gave it that they gave it to the first time oscar winner but uh this was sort of like oh my god this is like it's like trying to you know peel a straw in half it's like you'll do yeah. it but you know it's gonna be very very hard to do so yeah. i'm very happy that chastain won she's one of those actresses that i feel like she has such an interesting filmography because she's in some really great films and then some real shit ones. So yeah, she's one of those actresses that it's hard to kind of like place a performance because sometimes it'll be really good. For example, Zero Dark Thirty, um, which is I think came out in 2013 or something like that. 2012. 2012. And then um, she'll also pop up in other like crap movies like Dark Phoenix or um, what was that most recent action movie she did? Oh, um, yeah. The, the 355. 355. Yeah. So, again, she's an actress that it's kind of hard to predict what's coming in her filmography uh, in the future. But regardless, yeah, I think um, her winning this award um, for the first time is um, definitely something special for her. How else, you pers- how else are you supposed to pay off your mortgage? How? How? Yeah, you know, no, you, you, you right, know, one, right. one for me, one for you. Remember <laughs> the uh, the quote that Michael Caine said that I've never seen Jaws four, but I've seen the house that it has. Um, I have seen the house it helped you know build for me, and it looks very nice. So yeah, it's you know, it's a one for me, one for you kind of scenario. I imagine it is with Chastain. Of course. Um, did you want to go into best actor? Well, we touched on uh, what Will Smith said earlier, but yeah, what were your thoughts on um, him winning? Because he was my front runner, and I think he was another worthy winner, despite what happened earlier in the ceremony. Yeah, so my personal front runner, like if I had to choose, would probably be Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom. I thought he was astounding 
okay. in that movie. Uh, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch did a fantastic job with The Power of the Dog, but it just mm. felt like it was a Lifetime Achievement Award to give to Will Smith to finally actually give it to him. So I thought, yeah, you know, he was my number okay. one. If, yeah, it, it, was, it was my number one simply because it just felt like the narrative was strong with Will Smith. And to having to, because I thought that as soon as he had that outburst, and from what I read, apparently he had been pulled to the side, you know, off stage and got a talking to by Denzel Washington from Tyler Perry, his publicist and all that. So I thought that possibly when, uh, two things, either they would do last year by pushing the ceremony back to the last uh, thing that is awarded, or if Will Smith were to win, they would actually get somebody else to go up on stage. And it turns out none of those were actually what happens. So well, I, I think when you're doing stuff live, you just got to kind of roll with the punches and just the show must go on, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, I think he does. He did such a great job portraying, you know, Richard Williams, and in that film, I think, does such a great job of communicating this story of a man who is so desperate to make his family succeed. And Will Smith is an actor who has also um, driven his own family and uh, children to succeed as well. So you can understand the fact that he was so um, attached to this, uh, I say character, but he is a real person that he's portraying. Um, Mm. Yeah, I think he did a really good job. He engrossed the character well. And uh, I think he did a fantastic job. And like I said earlier, was a a worthy winner. But um, yeah, like you said, another stacked, stacked, talented, um, you know, branch of actors to choose from. And uh, yeah, it was always going to be interesting to see who uh, came out on top. But um, you saying that Will Smith winning as like kind of a legacy award, I think is interesting. But I, I don't know if the Academy ever thinks in that, those sort of ways. I would like to think that they're as objective as possible and choose the best performance um, that they think is right for um, that award. But regardless, Will Smith winning, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I mean, people don't say Scent of a Woman is Al Pacino's best performance, even though that's the one he won his Oscar for. People look towards, you know, Godfather. They look towards Dog Day Afternoon. So for Will Smith, I mean, I'm just trying to think of another performance that he might have, you know, been absolutely... Uh, great in but um i think it's sort of like one of those scenarios where hey it isn't it weird that this actor who is so beloved by the industry hasn't gotten an award yet uh, mm. you know i i i i think it's probably maybe a matter of that but i also think that going back to what you were saying about him being attracted to this to this type of character and for you know uh, creatively it is a character despite being based off a real person um i and also knowing that i believe will smith produced the movie so i yes he did see why yeah i so you can see why he would be attracted not only to this type of character but also to knowing what uh, what serena and richard williams means to the black community and so to uh, celebrate that with this type of performance by telling this story i can see where the passion for will smith lied in uh for bringing this character to life. And I can see it. I can definitely see the passion within that in his performance. And so it, from that perspective, just for the singular performance alone, I thought uh, it's a very worthy um, Best Actor win. Well, before we talk about Best Picture, do we want to talk about Best Director? Uh, well, yes, I was going to say, yeah, it was um, yeah. Jane Campion, right? So she won yeah. for The Power mm. of the Dog. And um, I think she did a fantastic job directing that movie so subtle in her filmmaking Mm. yeah there's a lot of subtext going on with the power of the dog there's a lot going on beneath the surface and to know it i think it was troy kotzer who said that uh when he was reading steven spielberg's book uh he was talking about how majority of a director's job is to communicate and i think that knowing what Jane Campion probably had to communicate to the characters knowing about their their inner demons and their inner struggles and having to get that across, not just through the performances, but also through um, you know, the scenery, through the direction, through the blocking, through the placement of camera. I think that Jane Campion, and especially considering the types of films that she, ma- um, she makes about repressed eroticism, um, if you look at the piano or look at In the Cut, um, look at Bright Star. This is very much um, consistently with 
campy and style in her interest. And I think that this is the type of movie that I think is very uh, deserving in that regard. It's not so much what is shown as what is suggested. And I think that uh, Jane Campion, uh, there was a lot on a lot on display to show what was you know beneath um, what she's trying to tell. So um, I think she did a fantastic job. Uh, personally, um, I think the best direction of the year for me was uh, for the goat. You know, Stephen Spielberg. I thought his direction of West Side Story was fantastic. But I I can um, I I can you know get on board with uh, whenever Jane you're Campion. making a movie that is a musical, your direction needs to be sublime so that you can not only make the musical aspects of it work very effectively but also um make sure it's like still making sense in the world if you know what i mean yeah no i i absolutely um agree with you and i was looking at the uh best directors and i i will make one mention uh for one category that i completely forgot but i was actually really excited that um he um, finally won it uh kenneth Branagh finally winning his first oscar for uh, writing belfast i was yes. very excited about that yeah, well, I was going to touch on it, um, what your thoughts was on him as being nominated for Best Director. But, yeah, so mm. obviously Kenneth Brunner winning the award um, for Best uh, Screenplay and then obviously um, being nominated for Director. Both I can understand. Um, I think him being nominated for Director was more – because I think Belfast is more of an Oscar bait type movie um, compared to the others. Um, I still think it's a very well-made film, but – uh, it was one of those ones where I feel like it's not going to resonate with a large audience. It's a very niche audience that he was targeting, but the audience he was targeting, I think it hit all the home runs that it needed to. See, I disagree that it would be for a niche audience because it. when I watched the movie, I felt very nostalgic for a time that I was not living in. And I remember taking the movie, I'd seen it once before and then I took my parents to see it. And maybe it's because we have some affinity, um, some affection for the Irish and uh, being interested in Irish history and knowing the okay. division between um, uh, the Catholics and the Protestants and showing what growing up during that time was like i thought that uh it really showed a very intimate story uh with the backdrop of this very divisive time in irish history so i think that uh belfast uh, some people see it as a um, oscar bait film i can see it from you know from that perspective i can but i thought that there was a lot to that film that i felt that kenneth branagh was speaking on from a personal level, especially about his upbringing and um, oh, yeah, for sure. it being in it being in Ireland. And I thought, you know, he did a great job, and obviously using a lot of that experience to um, inject into his script. So I'm very happy that he, you know, finally won for it. Yeah, and I liked his acceptance speech. So he's got that mm. going for him as well, because very rarely yeah. do I like people's acceptance speeches. They yeah, always drag on too long. Alrighty, Michael, let's finally talk about the best picture nominated films obviously for those who have been following along on the channel i've been trying to pump out uh, my reviews for those movies expressing my thoughts and feelings on them there are some that i liked there were some that i didn't like there are some that i loved and uh coda was definitely up there as one of them one of the ones i loved what were your thoughts um so going through and talking about the entire race for this entire season it had been a three-way tie well it became a three-way tie uh, within the past month, mostly people were looking towards Power of the Dog and Belfast for being the front runners. But as soon as Coda won the PGA Award, the uh, Producers Guild Award, people were now going, maybe Coda has the um, mm. uh, a leg up on this. And so it turn turned out to be true. My personal thoughts on this, uh, as I said to you before, I'm not as big on Coda as everybody else's. I think Coda is a... Uh, it's it's a corny lifetime script and i just thought that a lot of it was uh, for the lack of a better word contrived sort of like the conflict was contrived you know a deaf family where only one child you know is, is hearing what is she interested in music you know it's i just felt it was a bit hackneyed so yeah okay. uh, but i can understand the, that yeah, but I but I really love seeing the dynamic of the family that's what really sucked me in was seeing yep that type of dynamic that family existing that's the thing that sucked me in and, get, and it had my interest and so i think that was probably the main thing uh that the academy was probably thinking about when voting for this because of how it's representative of that type of community so mm -hmm. and when you look at movies like uh parasite when you look at moonlight how what that represents for this um 
uh, group of people. Yeah. I think that's probably what they had in mind. And 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 who's to say? You know, who, who am I to say that? Because the whoever wins best picture, that film should be representative of this time, socially speaking, politically speaking. And I think that Coda kind of fulfills that. So I, I, I'm not angry by the decision. I'm more, um, I, I, I think that there could have been a more, uh, speaking as a best picture about like all aspects of production to be the best of, and that accumulates in best picture. I don't think Coda is that. I don't think the cinematography yeah. is a standout. I don't think the well, sound, well, yep. yeah, the sound, the editing is not the standout. Production design, it's a very cheap movie, but it's, that's by design. It's an indie film. And that's also what I'm very happy about is to actually see an independent film winning Best Picture. And not and not only an independent film, but also the first streaming film, Apple finally, you know, Apple won. Of course, Best Picture yeah. before Netflix did. So it's uh, there is a lot that I celebrate about this win, but it's not... I remember years ago, uh, two years ago when Parasite won and what that meant for the industry, how not only was it socially and culturally and politically relevant, it was also just a really well-made film that everybody could get behind. Coda is not that. I think um, there's a lot to, as I said, lot to celebrate about it, but I think it's it's not the best film of the year. That's for me personally. So I, I, I'm uh, looking at something else. Hell, I, I know it's not the popular opinion because as you said, it's an Oscar bait. I would have liked to have seen Belfast. Um, when especially in this divisive, you know, climate, and to show that you know love will always triumph over division. So, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm a little bit underwhelmed, but you know, there could have been a worse option. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree with most of what you were saying. It's uh, one of those situations where I feel like there I feel like sometimes there might be a little bit of an agenda at play with uh, the decisions the Academy makes. Um, Oh, no doubt. It's it's one of those things, like, I, I feel like as long as your heart is in the right place and you're being as objective as possible, I think that's what's most important. Um, I'm happy that Coda won, I think, because I really enjoyed it. It wasn't actually my favourite um, out of all the best uh, picture-nominated films, but I hmm. think it's a solid choice. Um, the other ones, so obviously I know Belfast was a front-runner for a lot of people, but um, I also thought King Richard and... Um, King Richard and what was the other one that I had? There was West Side Story. There was Nightmare Alley. No, no, oh, the, the Power uh, of the Dog was the other one June. that I was, had on my list. Yeah, Power of the Dog. Yeah, the Power of the the Power of the Dog and um, King Richard were my other two that I thought might have had a chance of winning it. Um, did you ever think that they might have might have had a chance of um, getting up over the other ones? Well, as I said, Belfast was the one I would have picked, but it wasn't my front runner. I was going to be putting uh, Power of the Dog for the simple reason that I did not think that Apple uh, TV would uh, win the first uh, Best Picture Award over Netflix. I would have thought that Netflix would have had more backing and a lot more influence over uh, who would have voted for Best Picture. But Mm. no, it seems like um, Apple TV went full steam ahead with uh, Coda and it's a little indie film that could. So... Um, and I mean, looking at all the other ones, I thought that at a certain point during the ceremony that if I think it was if if Dune had won best adapted screenplay, I think all bets would have been off. I think mm. Dune would have taken it away. And I did have that thought at one point. But as soon as best adapted went to Coda, that's when I was like, OK, you know, it seems like it's going to be more in uh, Coda's favor. But then once, uh, you know, with, with Troy Kotzer winning. Uh, best adapted screenplay and then you know to go on to uh, best uh, picture it was like yep it seems like the runs on the wall yeah sometimes it's easy to like make a prediction as to what the final outcome will be with awards that come sooner in the uh in the ceremony um Mm -hmm. normally whoever wins best director their film ends up winning best picture because those are so um intertwined um, and then the same with screenplay. Like if whoever wins screenplay, normally it's a kind of a, a good bet that they'll uh, win uh, best picture as well. Um, mm. I have to bring this up as well. Don't look up being nominated for best picture. Did it even have a chance at all? Do you think? Um, I, well, I mean, it did win uh, the screenplay um, guild award. I, the screenwriters guild, I think uh, I don't remember, but I, 
there is an argument to be made, especially considering the past couple of years. I, rem- I remember reading somewhere, if you look at Get Out, if you look at Promising Young Women, these original screenplays, uh, what is the one thing that they all have in common? They are socially relevant mm-hmm. um, to in this day and age. I think Don't Look Up, regardless of what you think of it, is tackling something that is socially relevant at this moment concerning climate change yeah so and our thoughts on it how we treat that and how we approach it i think and also coming out of the pandemic as well yeah yeah and that's what i saw the movie as it's essentially you know kind of metaphorical for what we're going through uh right now and so i thought that would have been appealing to the academy and i remember reading a, a lot of filmmakers who actually did appreciate the film i think it was bong joon ho like you know shouted it out and saying that he really oh, liked really? it so oh, yeah wow. i believe okay. i believe so yeah so i That's think cool. there was some backing for it but i think and especially remember it's a netflix movie so i think there was more backing for power of the dog than there would have been for don't look up yes i would agree yeah Mm. so uh, whether it's a chance uh, it's it's nominated of course it stands a chance yeah well i don't think it should have been nominated to begin with but that's just my <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't care all righty so any final thoughts from you michael on uh, the oscars for 2022 uh yeah um don't depend on uh, fan, uh fans voting on things <laughs> <laughs> because then you're going to sabotage the entire that entire pick. Who the hell has seen Minamata with Johnny Depp? Nobody. Um, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League in that cheer moment. I didn't see Justice Zack Snyder's Justice League in a cinema. Um, it, was it even in theaters? I'm pretty sure it was only on HBO Max. That was the whole point. I actually, I, I, I actually found out that it was playing at Melbourne IMAX, but that was probably for like a one showing thing. So yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I thought it was very funny how the only time from the audience that they cheered during that section was during um, the Jennifer Hudson Dreamgirls uh, bit when that was listed. Yeah. I was just sort of like, that's a little bit ironic for have a cheer moment when the thing that one what didn't you know get a peep. So. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I I I do not care. And also Army of the I liked Army of the Dead, but I'm very surprised that it won like the best film uh, award over Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me at all. I uh, something smells off about that. I reckon it's the Snyder bots. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, that yeah. that shit didn't make sense to me at all, but uh yeah, overall I think the ceremony itself I think was What's well a put shit together. Show? Well, I think for the most part, it was like it was like technically well put together. Um, the the sort of comedic aspects are always hit or miss. Um, I think having three hosts, I think they shouldn't do that again. It's my opinion they should either have one or none because you're constantly bringing out guests anyway to present awards. Interjecting a host to implement some comedy and comedic moments, I think it's kind of overkill. And um, like you said the show still ran overtime. So just trim the fat as much as possible and get to the important stuff and make sure you're shining a light on um, as many people who are deserving of the awards as possible. Um, Yeah. Coda winning best picture. Uh, I I don't think it was the front runner in a lot of people's minds, uh, but I think uh, given everything that we've discussed and um, all the sort of, uh, um, cultural significance that it will have within that community of people. Uh, I think it was a, a definitely a, a best picture a winner that will be remembered in years to come. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I would depend. I think it will be remembered not for its storytelling, but what it represents. Yes. Um, I don't think a lot of yeah, because I, I don't think people are really talking much about the story itself it's talking about like what the film it's shining a light on which um i think is important it's very important but i think that type of community and it's already happening uh right now so i think that's you know you're good for that and it makes you know the world you know feel more you know united and feel a lot more as especially you know this evening division always trying to feel over a lot of antagonism you know and there's no room for that so yeah, it's I, uh, I think it will be remembered, obviously, because it's, you know, it's it's now in the books now, you know, it's gonna be remembered. History has been that. made tonight. Yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, Chris Rock has not been seen since. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to go see now after we finish this up what the social media sort of um, response is. It, it, it has been bananas. It has been just... Anyway, I think that we'll wrap it up there, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on and discussing with this with me. Um, also, if you're down, I'm happy to make this an annual thing. I really enjoy talking to you um, about the Oscars sure. and movies and just cinema and everything. So um, we'll see what happens in the following year. Uh, I think it's interesting that the Oscars for, for 2021 is happening three months into 2022. Uh, or almost four months into 2022. Um, I think that's uh, slightly strange and is really off-putting. But besides that, like you said, history has been made tonight. And um, I'm sure some people will be upset by uh, certain results, but I am. I, I hope that most people are happy with um, the sort of uh, the recognition that a lot of these filmmakers have been getting because the Oscars is about celebrating technical and storytelling excellence and i i think we as film lovers come to this ceremony to kind of put on a pedestal some of these stories that we've loved and enjoyed and um seen throughout um a, a calendar year and uh by the time we get to the best picture nominations and sort of the the build up to the ceremony and then by the time we actually find out who won the damn thing um it's always a fun experience uh, for us movie lovers so michael thank you very much for coming on the podcast and discussing us us discussing this um oscars special um of the podcast i really really appreciate you coming on and uh for those um watching or listening um on this channel uh thank you so much i really appreciate you guys tuning in and enjoying uh these conversations uh there will be more to come uh, once i get a permanent studio set up um very very soon it's coming trust me guys um, but yeah, thanks so much uh, for watching or listening wherever you are around the world. And until the next time, uh, stay safe. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>